1: is obvious.
0: Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick.
1: Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 291. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. We're really thankful that you're downloading. And first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We hope you become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Aussie Broadband offers the ultimate transparency to its NBN customers. How to spot the signs if your child is being cyberbullied And Netgear launches the Nighthawk Pro gaming router. And we chat to Netgear CEO Patrick Lowe all about it. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Belkin USB-C charger that can look after all of your devices. Fitbit has also unveiled two new devices and the product that can help coffee lovers save the environment. And we're going to finish it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show right here for you, so let's get cracking. Our first segment, I'm going to just issue a little language warning because uh, there is uh, something that's been said about this story uh, in the quotes actually from the CEO of Aussie Broadband that I will be saying. Uh, so, just give you a little heads up, there's going to be a little bit of a language warning. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, you'll find out in a moment what I'm going to be talking about. But Aussie Broadband has really come up with some ultimate transparency for its NBN customers. Now, before I go into uh, exactly what Aussie Broadband is offering, I just need to explain that Aussie Broadband is an internet service provider who on-sell the NBN. The NBN is a network-created national broadband network that is uh, that they buy using the... CVC which is the connectivity virtual circuit. So basically that's the virtual cost paid by the ISPs including Aussie Broadband to cover the NBN bandwidth that they've purchased that can on be on sold to the customer. Now not not all ISPs will give you that information. Aussie Broadband has decided that they're going to offer the ultimate transparency so they're going to allow customers to take a look at traffic levels uh, at on all of the 121 NBN points of interconnect. There are 121 of these around the country, POI for short. So they're going to let us look at every single POI to see how what the what the CVC is. So how much bandwidth they've got in that area, what the download is. So are, are customers really peaking it out? Or are they are they really uh, taking putting the network under strain and what da- is Aussie broadband doing about it. This is this is their new their new method of providing customers with this ultimate transparency that will show them exactly how they're managing their network. Because that's what it's all about. Uh, a lot of people think well I'm just going to go Telstra or Optus or any of the other ISPs but you don't know in your particular area how much C V C is available for you. So how much bandwidth is there for you? You may live in a, in an area, you may be a Telstra customer, for example, and live in an area where there are thousands of other Telstra customers. So you're getting a small piece of the bandwidth that Telstra has purchased for that area. So you don't know whether your your piece of the Telstra pie in that particular area is better than another ISP's piece of the pie in that area. So this this is what... Aussie Broadband wants to demonstrate to customers. And Aussie Broadband is the sort of company that will, if you ring up and say, "Right, I want to join up, I want to sign up to a plan, they'll ask you where you live, how fast you want your plan, and they'll tell you whether you've actually got, they've got room for you in that area. Rather than just saying, okay, oh, we'll take your money and, and do your best with the speeds, they'll say, well, you know what, you we're a bit congested in this area, may not have room for you. So they're they're upfront about that, but this this new this new approach of theirs to provide those the graphs showing the traffic levels and all of those things is just their approach to the the NBN. Now the NBN's had a, a few black eyes over the last months and years, uh, people complaining all about it, and it, Aussie Broadband want to cut through all of that. And it is it is what they're calling their no-bullshit approach to things. That was hence the language warning, a no-bullshit approach which is kind of refreshing to hear, especially even – I'm not even an Aussie broadband customer. I don't even have the NBN where I live. It's coming in the next few months. But I've got to tell you, Aussie broadband will be one of the first companies that I try to find the ISP that can deliver the speeds I want to pay for. I want to get the 100 megabits per second down, 40 up, and my advice is don't sign a contract – try them individually. If you're happy with a company, then go for it. Sign up to a long-term deal if it might get you a better price. But there are a lot of customers who are stuck with an ISP that's not performing. And if they're not performing, you should be able to get out of that contract and try someone else. There are some of these other smaller ISPs that are really going into bat hard for their customers, making sure, providing them with the best possible service. Uh, It's just been frustrating for a lot of customers, the lack of information from their ISP. I get so many emails and correspondence from readers and listeners who say, I've signed up to this plan, and all I'm getting is two megabits per second, and they don't know why. If you're an Aussie broadband customer, you can look on the internet. The link is on the Story on Tech Guide. You can look on the internet, find out your nearest point of interconnect, and see, oh, hang on, everyone's downloading it at the same time. They can see congestion levels and see exactly what Aussie broadband is doing to relieve that. So it is, if all ISPs were like this, I think there'd be a lot less complaints from the NBN. It's become a bit of a, a blame-a-thon where customers say, well, I've called the, my, my ISP and they say it's the NBN's fault. I've called the NBN and they say it's the ISP's fault. So here it's it's, it's great to see that a company's taken it upon themselves to offer customers that ultimate transparency. So it's all all open. They're not hiding anything. It's an open book. They, you can see right into the graphs that are, that are normally held pretty closely to the chest of the other ISPs, Aussie Broadband is showing them to anyone who's interested in looking. I could see them, and I'm not even a customer. If you are a customer, you could see exactly what's happening in your area. You see information all about the CVC limit, the downloads that are happening, uploads that are happening. You can all, you can see all that information for every one of those 121 POIs, the points of interconnect around Australia. But uh, the, that, that, that quote was from Managing Director Philip Britt, who's, uh, who, who came up with the no-bullshit approach to things. He said they've been providing CBC graphs for a while to answer individual queries about levels of traffic management, and it just makes the whole process public, visible and ongoing. Uh, so, if anyone's got concerns about congestion in their area, you can take a look at the graph, at the traffic, uh, at the point of inter- inter- interconnect for the past 24 hours, and see whether there are any issues with the Aussie Broadband network. So, uh, they're, I think, uh, winning a lot of customers. You, you read the reviews on their site; a lot, a lot of people are happy with the service, and that's what it's all about. You, you get what you pay for, and if they can provide what they what they can what they're offering, so in terms of speed and service, then good for them and no wonder they're getting loads and loads of customers on board. Aussie broadband, the no bullshit approach. Uh, you can read all about that story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide.
0: Keeping you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, any parent will tell you that uh, having a child uh, that is old enough to be on social media, go to school, and uh, there are some worrying signs where uh children are uh, being cyberbullied bullied it's now become the chief concern for most parents in Australia that their child is being cyberbullied they're also worried about how their child is behaving online uh so unfortunately though in the world of bullying and it happens it unfortunately is so widespread Back in the day, before the internet, before phones, before any of that, bullying was sort of restricted to school hours. So after, after three o'clock, well, you were good. You'd go home and there'd be no one could bully you. Well, unfortunately, fast forward to the 21st century in 2018, and cyberbullying can occur 24-7, and tragically, there have been some cases where the victims have committed suicide it became so bad, and and parents, unfortunately, also had no idea. They didn't know how to spot the signs. Well... There's been some research and it was released actually late last week on the National Day of Action Against Bullying and Violence which was appropriate. That there was a report released that day that said 80% of parents are worried their children will be bullied online. 80%. That's 4 out of 5 parents in Australia worried their child will be bullied online. And as I said, the connected world we live in, that, that can occur 24-7. Now, it's a very sensitive subject, and parents naturally have their concerns about not only how their ch- child is being is being treated, but how their child behaves online as well. There are other, other safety concerns, apart from cyberbullying. Parents are also concerned about their child spending too much time in front of a screen. Uh, they're worried about downloading their child, downloading malware, uh, or giving out too much information to strangers. There's also parents worried their child will post something that will come back to haunt them in the future. I've warned my own kids, who, who are now in their early 20s, I've warned them. I said, "Look, careful what you post, because you may be applying for a job in ten years, and they may see some little thing on Facebook about what you did and something, and it, it could cost you, make mean the difference between you and another candidate." Uh, and, and that is a serious issue. There are a lot of a lot of uh, younger Australians who have uh, led, led a, obviously a really full life and ha- enjoyed their youth, but uh, and posted a few things on social media that that it may not be appropriate, and unfortunately, it's there for good once it's up online and it can become part of our resume. Uh, that, that's another issue. Another problem is uh, parents are also worried their child may give out too much information to a stranger. There, there's been many cases where strangers have groomed young guys and girls, and the other worry is that they'll, they'll take it to the next step and be lured to meeting that stranger. That is an absolute nightmare for parents if that ever occurs. Uh, and it has occurred uh yeah you know, it it is that's why it is a, such a definite worry we heard we've heard all the horror stories now the the odd thing though about we, that we do have all these concerns and parental supervision though despite our parents' concern parental supervision of children online is still alarmingly low less than a quarter of australian parents reported uh, that they uh that they always supervise their child less than a quarter 47% supervise their child while they're online shopping, and then 36% while they're having their video chats. But only 26% keep an eye on their kids when they're using social media, and 29% when they're checking or writing their emails. So it is, while we're concerned, we're not quite doing enough as parents, we're not quite doing enough. Now, there is technology out there to parental controls and ways to monitor what your child is sharing, what your child is looking at. And I'm talking about children uh, from high school age, 12 up to 15 to 16. They're still your children. They, it is still your responsibility to supervise what they're doing online, not interfering, but just make sure they're being safe, making, doing the right thing, following some kind of etiquette, which is something that really needs to be discussed but back to the cyberbullying and being able to spot the signs that your child may be a victim now I'm going to go through them one by one these were suggested by by Norton in their in their their uh, their report the uh, the report that was that was brought out on the national day of action against bullying and violence it's the Norton cybersecurity insights report. Now, here are the signs that they suggested, and really good to follow, that, uh, that may indicate your child is being cyberbullied. Number one, they appear nervous when receiving a text or online message or email. Number two, their habits with devices change. They may begin avoiding their devices even and using them excessively. Number three, they make excuses to avoid going to school. Number four, they become defensive or secretive about their online activity. Number five, they withdraw from family and friends. Number six, they have physical symptoms such as trouble sleeping, stomach aches, headaches and weight loss or gain. Number seven, they begin falling behind in school or begin acting out. Number eight, their grades start to decline. Number nine, they appear especially angry, frustrated or sad, particularly after checking online devices, that, well, devices that are online. And the last one, they delete social media or email accounts. Now, if the, you don't need to worry about remembering everything I've said there because they are on the story that I've written about this on Tech Guide, So feel free to go to techguide.com.au and take a look at that list and see if perhaps your child may be exhibiting some of those signs, some or a couple or all of them. Uh, it, it is uh, the, These are the things that we need to look out for and ask the question. I think if you do find out that your child is being cyberbullied, start a dialogue talk to them and try to work out the problem talk to their school uh you know if you can establish that dialogue your child is more likely to confide in you so follow those signs take a look at them and you'll just you'll have you will help you find a way to deal with the situation uh you you can read uh all about that a tech guide all of those those signs there but Again, you need to install security software, parental controls. You, you, a lot of people don't realise that a lot of the security software that's available, including the Norton Security Premium, already has parental controls built in. So you're not utilising the full uh, feature set of your security software. Check it. You may already have the tools you need to protect your child. If you want to read more about that and check out all those signs about spotting cyberbullying symptoms, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au. Now, Netgear, our great sponsors, uh, have just released a new product, and it's for you gamers. Gamers uh, who really spend a fair bit of time online, and surprisingly, we actually nearly half of Australians, 43% of Australians, play online games, and some for up to six hours a week. So we, are, we love our games, we love playing online, and we are a perfect market for a product like Netgear's new Nighthawk Pro Gaming XR500 Wi-Fi router to, to be released. Now, this is a router like no other, and is is naturally aimed at gamers. And the whole point of this device is to give you the tools and the knowledge of creating the fastest possible connection for your games. Now, gamers already go to a lot of trouble to... Uh, with with special keyboards and mice and chairs and fast PCs, they do already go to a lot of trouble to make sure that every millisecond counts. It means the difference between winning and losing online. So any possible improvement, they're interested in. So that this router, the Nighthawk Pro, allows them to take that even further. It allows things, for example, through the online dashboard to view, view real-time bandwidth device by device. So you can imagine if you're playing online and the rest of the family might just be browsing the web or streaming Netflix or whatever they happen to be doing, you can actually prioritize your console or your PC to have a little bit more bandwidth. The rest of the bandwidth, uh, the, the other activities don't require a lot of bandwidth. So you could prioritize that bit of bandwidth to give you a better that edge. There's also a geo filter on board so you can fix gaming lag. You can choose servers closer to you. So if you're playing in Australia, you'd, run, you'd want to have a, a server that's close by. You don't want to be pinging a server in London if you're in Sydney. You'd rather ping a server that's in Australia or closer than London. So that, that's another example of ways for you to prioritize to, to find that server that's going to give you the best possible result. Uh, there, there are other things you can do too. You you can check uh, what devices are hogging the bandwidth, and you can actually you can actually reduce the amount of bandwidth they have. You can do there's an interface where you just drag drag the mouse towards your device, and that prioritizes that uh, that bandwidth as well. It's also driven by a dual core 1.7 gigahertz processor uh, and has uh, gigabit Ethernet ports on board, and of course it's designed for gaming enthusiasts, not network experts. So it's really easy with the dash. It's really easy to set all those things up, make things uh, to create the best possible situation for yourself, so you have some some enjoyable gaming, but also have the best result for yourself. So you're not the lag isn't killing you. Uh, it, it, you're getting the best possible connection, and of course Wi-Fi, uh, getting a great Wi-Fi network in your home as well. It is a router after all, so it's not just all about the the devices that are connected uh, with a cable. It's also about the devices that are on Wi-Fi as well. There's beamforming technology technology so you get a great result if you're connecting wirelessly as well but who better to talk to about this product than the netgear ceo himself patrick Lowe? he was in sydney last week for the launch of the xr 500 gaming nighthawk pro router and here's what he had to say when we caught up with him well hi patrick thanks for joining me welcome back to australia oh absolutely love to be here sim great to be here we're talking about this is this is a product that is going to appeal to so many people. Absolutely. A dedicated gaming router. Correct. From Netgear. Correct. So that can give you the edge you need. Yes.
2: To have much better gameplay experience and to enable you to have all the numbers, statistics, and tools. continuously improve your
1: game yeah now to appreciate the size of gaming the the not just the people who play the game but there's also hundreds of millions of people who watch the game oh yes it's it's quite and and it's and I think a lot of my listeners may not realize that just the scale of gaming and the popularity in Australia I was very surprised to learn that nearly half of all Australians play online games oh absolutely and as a matter of fact as you probably
2: heard the the term called eSport that we believe as eSports progresses, I, I'm pretty confident that 80% of Australians
1: will actually watch mm-hmm. games yeah. Yeah, over Twitch or YouTube channels. So of course, gamers, like everyone else, face challenges when it comes to having that fastest connection, and I understand that they spend hundreds of dollars on keyboards and mice and chairs and everything else. But of course, the most important component of it is the network.
2: Absolutely. And, so, and people have been neglecting that piece. So we're now giving them the piece that really would round out the entire setup to ensure that the internet gameplay experience is superb. Mm-hmm. And they will understand
1: how and why they win or lose a game. Yeah, so it, it's a split second thing. What right. The difference right, right, between right. winning and losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. But I also appreciate how the fact that you can, you got a great, View of your network, and you can optimize. You can drag. I really like this feature where you can drag across more bandwidth for yourself. Correct for your gaming. Right. That's right. That's that right. To be My favorite feature. That's right. I mean, so it's not just for yourself. Let's say you
2: have two gamers in the house, and both of them are playing at the same time. You can drag the maximum bandwidth for both of them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that that's really cool. And and as I said, I mean, this gaming router eases. The user interface for people to control their network and their network connection. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like, you know, typically in an American home, I believe in, in Australia, mm-hmm. is about the same, you get about 15 devices connected yeah. to the internet. But some of them are pretty low bandwidth, yeah. you know, such as your, 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 your Google Home, right? Yeah. Uh, and such as sometimes your lock, your internet yeah, lock. Yeah. So, they don't need that much bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So, you could allocate just 1%. One, one You know, of the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. While on the other hand, let's say you have two gamers playing game at the same time, you you could allocate thirty percent to each. But then you got another person or two watching Netflix. Then you would allocate another twenty five percent to them. So it's very flexible. The user interface is really user friendly Mm -hmm. because instead of all these cryptic. IP addresses, yeah. every single device is
1: shown with a name yeah. and with a map. So you could just drag and drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what impressed me when he said that gamers are gaming experts, they're not network experts. So the ease of use was very important, wasn't right, it? Right, right. Absolutely. We're trying to make it as a gamer user
2: friendly. Yeah. So that really goes a long way to help gamers to really control <laughs> the network. Yeah.
1: So again, Netgear delivering a product the customer wants, that's sort of where where you guys started out. What does the customer want? Produce a product that they can use. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so looking now, companies more than 20 years old, the rubber's really hitting the road now with all the connected devices, and this is really your hitting your, hitting yeah, your peak now, aren't you?
2: right, right. I mean, basically, you know, over the last 20 wow. years, Netgear has been very successful in providing the best piping, network piping hardware. Yep. Yeah. Um, going forward we're going to expand it into two other areas. Uh, one areas is, is that endpoint devices yeah. such as our alo cameras and yeah. the alo lights that we, we, we yeah. announced, uh, but at the same time we're also investing heavily into the intelligence that buys the hardware, yeah. and the endpoint devices together, the pipe and the hardware devices. I mean, this gaming software is one yeah. that will let you actually control who you would like to play against, mm-hmm. who you don't. Uh <laughs> will let you hide your identity. Yeah. You can actually alloc- let you allocate bandwidth. Yeah, you know, like, all I liked of that. the feature I loved was being able to <laughs> kick off the laggy player that's right <laughs> you're, uh, it's like Survivor you're out you're right. off the island and you can actually hide your identity so yeah. the others, I cannot kick you out
1: because he doesn't know yeah. who you are I, mean. I, I really appreciate too how competitive the games can be oh, oh, and you can even prevent a uh, <laughs> denial of service attack. Right, right. So would right. Would, would some teams go to that length? That's would right. they to that's attack oh, your you other bet, team? You bet. Wow. They would go
2: out, you know, all all the way out they'd they hurt you. Incredible. Well, yeah. gaming so, is so, only getting bigger and better, I isn't know. it? So, so that's that's the kind of investment we put in. Yeah. But also we're putting other investments, you know, mm-hmm. such as on the auto cameras. Yep. We're doing a lot of uh, image analytics, artificial intelligence. Yep. Um, that's another area and we are also working with partners to bring in um, other services such as parental control so yeah. you can see uh, we branched out beyond just the pure faster better more reliable hardware mm-hmm. into endpoint devices such as lights such as auto cameras and all the software intelligences that tie them all together to make it more user friendly and more end user oriented so end user could really utilize everything they have from yeah. us to elevate their experience
1: with the internet. Fantastic. Well, sounds like it's a great year ahead yeah, we're for. Yeah, we're very excited us. about it. Thanks yeah. for joining us again, Patrick. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. Thank you, it. Stephen.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, we all use public Wi-Fi, whether we're at home or travelling. But unfortunately, it isn't always safe. Without the right protection, what you thought was your personal information could suddenly become public. There's been plenty of vulnerabilities that have shown that uh, attackers can intercept data that's transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information transmitted over the internet or stored on your devices, things like your passwords, credit card numbers and more could suddenly become vulnerable. Now, all this personal information can be used against you. It can be used to commit identity theft. It can be used to access your bank accounts and all without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data. Safe Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com.
0: Tech guide. Now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Finney.
1: Let's start off with a Belkin product. This is a cool new product, the USB-C Home Charger. USB-C being the magic word right there. Now, there's a lot of devices that are charged that that use USB-C, the USB-C ports, for charging, for connection, And several of them are mobile devices, so all the latest Android devices use USB-C to be charged. A lot of the latest tablets also use USB-C, but also the latest Ultrabooks and MacBooks are also powered through the USB-C ports as well. On a MacBook, uh, that's my go-to laptop that I use, USB-C is used for data transfer as well as for power. So you can choose any of the four USB-C ports on the MacBook Pro, and you can ch- choose to charge through that particular port. Now, the beauty of this product, it is, it's a 45-watt USB-C home charger, so it can look after all your devices. So imagine having one, one device that you can use to connect and charge all of your products, so maybe your, your mobile, your tablet, and your laptop. And because it delivers 45 watts of power, it means you can charge your devices up to 70% faster. Now, what what, what I do notice with this is that the USB-C home charger is actually a lot smaller than the MacBook charger. So what I do is I leave my MacBook charger here at home, uh, here in my office, so I can just use it when I'm here. But I take the smaller Belkin charger device and the two-meter cable, the USB-C to USB-C cable that came with it, I take that in my my backpack so that if I'm out and I need to charge, I've got the smaller, lighter device. Same thing, too, if I'm traveling, I can take the one charger and know that I can connect it uh, to my MacBook or my phones, tablets, and and get them charged. Even if, say, you're using an iPad or an iPhone, you can still use the charger in the wall and just have a USB-C to lightning cable. So that will also give you a charge too. So you're not limited because the port is not a USB-C port on your device. If you have the right cable, this, the part that plugs into the wall won't change. Just change the cable. So as long as it's USB-C to whatever you need, in this case for the iPhone, it'll be USB-C to lightning that would still charge the phone uh, in no time as well. Uh, so really handy product to have. The uh, USB-C is really catching on now. A lot of uh, a lot of products are using USB-C ports now. Uh, so this is an ideal choice, whether you're at home, whether you're traveling, whether you're just on the move. Uh, so a, a really handy little device. Product also comes with, and this is really interesting, it comes with a 2,500 Connected Equipment Warranty. That means that if a device that is connected to the Belkin Home Charger, as long as it's connected correctly and it incurs some kind of damage, if something happens while it's connected to this charger, Belkin will pay for the repairs at a cost of up to $2,500. So that, that offers a bit of peace of mind for customers, knowing that this will work with their product. And if it doesn't, and if it's and as long as it's connected properly, of course, that Belkin will foot the bill for the repair up to the value of two thousand. Thousand five hundred dollars. The Belkin forty-five watt USB-C home charger is priced at just eighty-nine ninety-five. Really handy and affordable, and it's available right now. If you want to read our full review, you can check it out at TechGuide.com.au.
0: Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: Next up, we're chatting Fitbit, and they've come up with a couple of new devices. They announced them late last week. Really exciting whenever Fitbit releases a new product. I think this time out, they've really nailed it. They've released two products, the Fitbit Versa which is a competitor the Apple, to Apple Watch. And they've also come up with a product called the Fitbit Ace, which is an, an activity tracker designed just for kids. It looks a lot like the Fitbit Alta, I have to admit. So not as playful as some of the other kids' trackers, but we'll chat about that in a moment. Let's kick off, though, with the Fitbit Versa. And this is a real Apple Watch competitor. Not going to be released till next month, as as is the case with the Fitbit Ace in April. We're going to see them but what we see here with the fitbit versa this is the lightest smart watch they've ever shipped and it's got a sharp easy to read screen changeable bands and the best part about it is the price 299.95 so well below apple watch now the previous version their previous smartphone the ionic which was priced at the same level as the apple watch and i have to say if it came down to it more people going to choose the Apple Watch, and they did. Apple Watch was the runaway leader of smartwatches. So Fitbit kind of tried to go head-to-head, and I'd ha- I hazard to say, well, it's not really a guess, it's probably it's fact, that more people chose the Apple Watch over the Fitbit. So I think Fitbit has done the right thing here by pricing it below Apple Watch, well below, more than $100 cheaper. So that is going to really make it a compelling offer for customers who don't want to spend the money on an Apple Watch, but want a decent smartwatch. And in this case, Fitbit not only has a great name, great interface, is really reliable in terms of counting your steps and your distance, calories burned, recognising what exercise you're doing. So you get all of those benefits. You can track workouts in more than 15 different exercise modes, whether you're on the road, in the gym. So it has all of those great features that we all know and love uh, in the form of a pretty nice looking smartwatch. Got interchangeable bands, everything that you need, nice colour screen, sharp little screen as well, touch screen. So that's the Fitbit Verso. It's gonna be two ninety nine ninety five and out in April. Now moving on to the Fitbit Ace, this is the activity tracker designed for kids aged eight and older. Now, designed to make, what Fitbit want to do here is make fitness fun for kids. Build healthy habits that they can share with their family and, and uh, the, the, the dashboard allows parents to create little challenges. The child can also challenge their friends to do more steps and things like that. So gamify the whole thing. Get them to do more, to be more active. It sort of builds great habits for them as they grow up into men and women. The Fitbit Ace is going to be one twenty nine ninety five. dollars uh, It's going to be released in the second quarter of 2018 so before june maybe sort of may june uh 129.95 but as i mentioned it earlier it does look exactly like the fitbit altar so it's got that uh the small screen with the interchangeable bands looks identical to the fitbit altar just been given a new name the fitbit ace not not as doesn't have the sort of the designs and patterns and colors that would appeal to kids i think it's available in, in purple and black So uh, not many choices in terms of colours but uh, the the design itself is one we've seen before uh, but the platform there is a way for parents to engage and encourage their kids to do more steps and they can track how they're doing, you can track sleep as well, that's kind of the Versa so you can get also your reminders to move every hour, stay active all day, you can have the family account set up and kids can then take part in the challenges and compete with their mates and stuff like that. Fitbit Ace one twenty nine ninety five. the Fitbit Versa uh, that we've Next month, 299 dollars and you can check the stories and see the pictures of those two products at techguide.com.au. Now, here's a product that uh, is you could kind of call it a tech product, it's made of some pretty cool material. And uh, I think if it if it can contribute in helping the environment a little bit, then why not let's give it a mention? Uh, the product I'm talking about is called the Upper Cup. Now, this is a reusable. Coffee cup. Now, just to inform you, we do love coffee. Me included. I'm a massive coffee fan, and I maybe have might have two, three takeaway coffees a day. That's just me. Uh, I'm one of many Australians who have similar caffeine habits. You call it some people call it an addiction. Uh, I love my coffee, and me buying so many coffees per day, the byproduct of that are the disposable coffee cups that we accumulate as well. Uh, and as, as a country, we, we do happen to love our coffee. Australians contribute more than a billion disposable coffee cups to landfill every year. And these coffee cups can, you know, there's unknown plastics, cardboard, materials. Uh, some even uh, often contain an insulated thin plastic coating that's actually not biodegradable. So bottom line is they end up in landfill. Not the best result for the environment. So without sounding like a like a raving greenie uh, I still think though that there are there is ways we can maybe put less disposable cups into the ground and maybe use a product like the upper cup to reduce the strain on the environment and just help us make us feel a little bit better about ourselves now the upper cup is made by an Australian company it's Australian design uh, Australian made and will it encourages users to rather than rock up to your coffee to your coffee shop or cafe uh, and order your coffee with it through your disposable cup you rock up with your upper cup which is also called a keep cup. I think they call them and they make your coffee in that cup. So rather than you taking a disposable cup and throwing it away and adding to the problem, you can use your upper cup and it will, they'll just put that in, pop that in the coffee machine. You can see the pictures of mine being used in my local cafe. Uh, shout out to the guys at Panavol, uh and uh, all the guys there. That's where I went uh, for the coffee in this particular time, took the, uh, the upper cup with me available in two sizes, a small and a large. I'm a large latte. So they, uh, Naturally, I had the large cup, and it was as simple as them just using that instead of a disposable cup. And uh, the added the added benefit of having upper cup is the fact that it is well, a it's not disposable, so you're doing the right thing there. B the construction there's actually dual wall insulation. So it's made of this, this really tough, high-quality polyester plastic, BPA, BPS-free, durable, no-odour, stain-resistant, dishwasher-safe, so it ticks all the boxes there. But the dual-wall insulation keeps the coffee hotter for longer. It's like a little thermos. So that's that's a, definitely an added benefit. And it, it also has – it's it's made it, – the, the shape of it, it's got a conical bottom, so it's got a curved – Uh, bottom to the cup, which actually is designed to distribute the liquid ratios evenly. So without getting too scientific and all barista on you, the upper cup can help create that perfectly poured coffee every single time. So not only will it stay warmer longer, it'll blend better, taste better, and you're not throwing a disposable cup in the garbage and adding to the growing problem uh, of the landfill. Uh, two sizes it's available, small and large, $22 for the small... Twenty-five dollars for the large. Available in a few colours. There's clear with pink, black, or white lids. Or I've got the black one, the large one. So it's got a black inner inner uh, in cup and a black lid. It's got, also got it the just clip-on lid as well. So if you want to take it and drink it on the go, you're not going to spill all over yourself as well. That's included. Uh, you can even write on the side of them for convenient cafe orders. So if the oh, coffee's doing a, the office is doing a coffee run, you can just put your upper cup in there and they can still write the name on the side of your cup. Uh, They're available now, uh, well worth the investment. They're available from 321water.com, but I have created that link and put some pictures of the upper cup for you to see. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping
0: you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning.
0: Tech Guide.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just released Orbi and the Orbi Pro. These are the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi systems. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and fast Wi-Fi to every part of your home. That's right, across the board. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through wall, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies. And shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra fast Wi Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri Band Wi Fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state of the art technology steals the show. It gives your home that superior Wi Fi network you've always wanted, that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi Fi network will be ready. In no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orby, better Wi Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now,
0: answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk.
1: Okay, the Tech Guide helped us today. A couple of questions that I received, and we, we'd love to hear your voice bite. So download the Voice Bite app, Android or iOS. It's free. Hashtag Tech Guide. Record your question, broadcast, and I'll get it and play it on the show. This week though, we had a couple of emails. One was from a reader who said that whenever they watched uh, their Amazon Prime, which I believe is 4K. On their Samsung TV, it was fine. But when they tried to watch the same program on Apple TV, they were coming up with an error, a HDCP error. What that means is that HDCP 2.2 is the is the security that is created between devices. So if you've got a 4K player, uh, a TV, you need to have a, a proper cable, HDCP 2.2, it's a hardware uh, upgrade, so it has to be built into the device already, as would be the case if it's a 4K Apple TV or a, one of the latest 4K Blu-ray players or a television. But all parts of the chain have to be HDCP 2.2 compliant including the cable. Now, that's where I think uh, this issue is occurring. When he's watching Amazon Prime on his TV, he's watching the signal coming into the TV, so there's no outside connection. That's why he can see it. But when he's watching it on his Apple TV, I suspect that the cable may not be up to the HDCP 2.2 standard, so he needs a true 4K-compatible cable. That's where I think the chain of weakness is. I'm assuming he's got a 4K Apple TV to watch 4K content, So uh, that might be the issue. Next up, I was asked about the S9, the Galaxy S9, and one reader said, I'm thinking of switching from the iPhone. I'm really interested in the Samsung Galaxy S9. I thought, okay, that's cool. Uh, The woman then went on to say that, oh, well, I do own an iPad and an Apple Watch. What will the situation be? Well, I soon soon replied saying that, well, the iPad's no problem. That can kind of work by itself. It's sort of an independent product. You can connect independently and go on your merry way. But in terms of your Apple Watch, it will only work with an iPhone. So if you did purchase the Galaxy S9 and wore the Apple Watch, the two things won't talk to each other. Apple Watch only works with an iPhone. So it only works with iOS. If you did purchase the Samsung Galaxy S9 and still want to keep your Apple Watch, the Apple Watch would just keep time by itself, but it won't connect to your phone, won't give you notifications, you won't be able to use apps. So that's going to be an issue. And if you want to, if you do have a Series 3, you're not going to be able to connect your, your phone number from your Android device to your Apple Watch. So uh, that is the downside of that situation unless you want to sell the Apple Watch and get a Samsung Gear Watch or any other Android Wear watch. That's a possibility as well. But I think she's just invested in the Apple Watch. So my opinion, my suggestion would be stick with Apple Watch, stick with the iPhone, and you can still have that. Maybe the next time around you might get the Samsung S10 or whatever, whatever's next and perhaps get a, an Android-compatible watch to go with that. But we've written about Apple TV 4K. We've written about the Galaxy S9 and also written about the Apple Watch. You can read about all of those stories at techguide.com.au. And we've reached the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch, send us a voice bite. You can uh, use the hashtag techguide and record me your question, your comment, your review. Happy to take those and play them on the Tech Guide podcast. You can also email us, if you like, info at techguide.com.au, or you can click through and email me through the icon on the right-hand side of the Tech Guide website. Special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.